to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, welcome back, Marty. Thank you, Trent. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you back. Uh, if you've not met Marty before, Marty Rowley, he is actually one of our elders at uh, TCAB. He and I serve on the elder board together. But yet I've known Marty for... I, I did this math not too long ago. I think 28 years now. Wow, really? Yeah. Kind of goes by fast, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Fast. I, I, I surprised me whenever I realized it had been 28 years yeah. also. Uh, so where Marty and I first met was actually at the Assembly of God Church uh, in Amarillo, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, were you an elder there? Or, I was. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Deacon. Well, board of Deacons. Board of de- I knew yeah. it was something yeah, different. slightly different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, anyway, and so when I, I first heard Marty teach, I think that all of us have certain people that we can hear to or relate to. Um, he inspired me. Uh, if you haven't heard our episode on how to uh, get into the is, the, is the Bible true? Go back and listen to that. Marty had a lot of really neat things to say on that. But Marty, by vocation, now he has actually been senior pastor of, you know, large mega churches, to you right. name it. Yeah. Um, but you're a lawyer. I'm, I'm a lawyer. That's right. Don't hold it against him, yeah. okay? We led with the pastor thing, so yeah. don't get off on the, <laughs> right. the lawyer yeah. thing. Yeah, I was I was in the wilderness, came out of the wilderness, <laughs> now I'm back in the wilderness. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and there's, you know, there's here's the thing I think that I've watched you grow through this entire process. So today we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to be talking about abortion. And I want to go ahead and say to anybody who's listening, First, that you understand and know that we absolutely are not here to attack women. In fact, completely the opposite. Um, you know, I'm a father of five children, four daughters. I mean, I, I know many different people, family members included, that have had abortions. Um, we are not here to attack anybody at all. Um, and quite the opposite. In fact, I'll even tell you that, listen, if, if by this topic we bring it up and, and it has feelings or stirring things up that, of guilt, that's the enemy, that's shame. Right. Your baby is in heaven with the Father. You'll be reunited. Um, but I think it's important that we have a, a very honest conversation. Right, I agree. About abortion. So Marty uh, recently, you know, taught this. There's a group of, he has a life group of uh, professionals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you first taught this. Is that right? right. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, there's we've been meet for 25 years. I, I knew uh, whenever I your dad. Yeah, yeah, I knew it been a long time. Yeah, long time. And uh, yeah, so you know, it came up just in the course of of discussion among that group, and several of them said, "Why don't Why don't we see what the Bible has to say about abortion?" And I said, "Well, all right, I, I think we'll do that." Of course, it was in the news and and everything going on, and so I, I begin that study. But then also, just because I'm a lawyer by trade, yeah, right. Um, I thought, well, I want to I want to study a little bit more about Roe versus Wade, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is the more recent decision, and also some of the cases in between that. Uh, and when I when I begin to study that, it was interesting that in all of those cases, the Supreme Court was was dealing with, grappling with, really, when does life begin? Which really, that's the whole 
You know, that's what this whole message is about. Right. That's exactly right. In fact, whenever yeah. I was talking to you, I mean, I, I had certain titles. You're like, no, really, really, it's about the whole argument is about, <laughs> well, when does life begin? Right. What yeah. is the viability of the baby? Exactly. And at what point? Okay. So real point, real quick, you know, before we jump in, depending on when you're hearing this, so the Dobbs is, was recently, uh, the ruling was released. June 24th. Mm-hmm. Okay. This year. Uh, right. And and if you're not familiar, and we're going to get into it, but just so you know, kind of the context, uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, but I guess first, before we get into any of that, we need to go back in time to 1973. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Actually back to 1969. Oh. We were being technical about it. All right. Yeah. That was the point in time when Jane Roe, that was her legal pseudonym, uh, pseudonym, but but actually, Norma McCorvey was the lady's name. She became pregnant with her third child. Okay. And, and so she was, lived in Texas. And at that time, Texas had a, a law, had a statute that said you, you cannot perform an abortion in, in Texas under any circumstance, whether the health of the mother didn't matter, no abortions whatsoever. And so Miss um, McCorvey, Jane Rowe, uh, hired an attorney, Sarah Weddington, who became famous in her own right. She was part of the Carter administration. But but in any event, uh, they filed an action against Henry Wade, Roe versus Wade. Henry Wade was the district attorney in Dallas who was charged with enforcing that particular statute. Okay. Yeah. Henry Wade also, some of you old folks might recall, he was one that prosecuted Jack Ruby, who was, oh, really? who was the guy that shot Lee Harvey Oswald really? in front of a bunch of television cameras. And so anyway, that's Henry Wade. So it was Roe versus Wade. And so um, she brought an action in the Northern District of Texas in Dallas. Uh, the court, the, the lower court upheld uh, or, or uh, struck down the law and said, no, that it's unconstitutional. Uh, and so they, they said, you can't enforce it. Well, the state of Texas then appealed it to the, to the Supreme Court. And that's how we got Roe versus Wade. That's, that's where it got to that point. So, okay. So, I, first of all, I'm, I, you know, I don't obviously know the ins and outs as much as you do. My whole, my whole life, in fact, uh, I mean, I remember the first time I ever even heard of Roe v. Wade. In fact, I remember the first time I heard of abortion. I was probably late teens. Mm, yeah, so, okay. it's a concept that never entered my mind. I didn't right. know what it was. Right. Um, and so, from my perspective, you know, it, it, and as a Christian, we're going to get into it. I just, I never looked at it from a legal perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. So they say that here, you mentioned they said it was, you know, the lower courts said it was unconstitutional. Right. Okay. Right. And I, I, that, this is, I've always had a problem with this. How mm-hmm. can you say that a life, it's unconstitutional, okay, to, you know, not protect the life? Right. Well, and that's what the courts have struggled with, obviously. And so on June 22nd of 1973, that's when the, the opinion was handed down, Roe versus Wade. By the way, it, it was authored by a Nixon appointee uh, who promptly after he was appointed to the court took a left-hand turn and became one of the most liberal justices in, in history. Really? Uh, yeah, but in any event, so he authors, author, authored that opinion. It was a 7-2 to two decision, so it was pretty emphatic. And what they found was that, that the uh, due process clause of the 14th Amendment and the Fifth Amendment has one as well, essentially says that no state can deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. And so the argument that Sarah Weddington made on behalf of Jane Roe, and it was ultimately upheld, was that a woman had a fundamental right to liberty in making a decision to abort a child. And that was the, the 
argument. Okay, but again, there's your worldview. Everything about this comes down to your worldview. Well, that's true. That's right. Yeah, uh, and because you know everything you just said could be applied to the life inside of the woman. Right, and the court recognized that. Not, not to interrupt. I'm sorry. But no, yeah, but, but okay. Yeah, the court recognized that, and so what the court said is, uh, there's not an absolute right to an abortion. Uh, that essentially there are competing interests between the state's preservation and protecting that unborn life and the woman's right to liberty okay. or her right to choose. And so what happened then was they said, yes, there is a fundamental right, but that there is a competing state interest. In this instance, the state of Texas has a competing interest to protect the unborn life. But what the court said was that that, baby that unborn baby was not viable until the the second trimester beginning in the second trimester and so for the first and what trimester, was their logic and how, how did they evaluate what was viable you know they they presented medical evidence it was you know just argument legal argument that was essentially being being put forth by the court but they but they essentially held that in that first trimester uh states could not regulate abortion whatsoever in the second trimester, they could only regulate abortion uh, in instances of, of the mother's health. You know, the mother's health had to be considered as well. And in the third trimester, at the point in time whenever the, the, they deemed the baby was viable at that point, then they could, in fact, regulate abortion. And that's, that's, that was the, it's called the three-trimester test of Roe v. Wade. So the, one of the arguments, so... I've been involved, and, and actually, I know that you have for many years been involved with you know Hope Choice, right? Karen, uh, yeah. Karen yeah. Um, and so we have obviously uh, an interest in protecting unborn children. Exactly. And one of the things that you hear common is as soon as the mother can hear a heartbeat. Uh, so I, there's there's so many testimonies. I started right. actually saving um, all these different links of when the mother says, "I heard the baby's heartbeat." I yeah. knew. So I, I don't remember exactly, but it's you can hear a baby's heartbeat like. Yeah. Within weeks, I believe. Right. I, I have several physicians, doctors that are in my life group. And whenever I taught this, one of them raised his hand and said, well, they scientifically they've shown that that unborn baby can feel pain at like six weeks, nine weeks, even, you know, that early on yeah. in the process. And so well, a heartbeat's going to be, yeah. and a heartbeat's going to be well before then. Yeah, earlier than that. So, I mean, so again, so it's human life. Right. It all, all comes down to how you, if you value human life. Right. There's several different groups that I think that you could, you're having to deal with in, in abortion because I, in a, another episode I did, I talked about how I didn't even show some of the videos because they just made me really angry, but they went out to a beach in Venice, uh, Venice Beach, uh, and they went to different places in California and Florida, well, not, well yeah, Florida, and, anyway, mm -hmm. and they would just interview people, and they would ask them, well, how, at, at what point do you think a baby can be aborted? And the there were people saying, well, I believe, you know, that, you know, the baby can be aborted up to 10 months out of the womb. And I was thinking, yeah. okay, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is insanity. Yeah. Yeah, is. There's people in Boulder, Colorado that is a liberal town. They're, they're saying up to two years. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. so if you ha don't value human life right. at all, you, right. then it, this is about just, I mean, again, right. that's why the Satanists and everything else are so involved in this discussion because that's their number one thing that tenant that they can right. so and, and from the legal perspective the interesting thing to me is that's what the court struggled with through all of these different decisions there was another case in 1992 planned parenthood versus casey and that was an, a revisiting of the roe versus wade frame i forgot about that one yeah planned parenthood versus casey and 
And in, in that case, which, by the way, that court was stacked with Reagan appointees, and surprisingly enough, they held to uphold Roe versus Wade, but they essentially, again, were struggling with when does life begin? In that instance, they said, well, in, even at as early as 23 to 24 weeks, somewhere in there is that point in time, but they gave more weight to the woman's right to choose than really Roe versus Wade did. And so Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which was also overruled by Dobbs versus Jackson, um, it, it said, so it, the point of viability uh, is, is whenever medical science determines it, but the woman's right to choose is a fundamental right. So that's, that, that's been the law since up until 1973. Yeah. Okay, so uh, June 24th. Is that right? 2020, okay, 2020, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dobbs case. So what was the Dobbs case about? Dobbs case uh, dealt with the Mississippi statute that said that a, a woman uh, could not have an abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy. Okay. So early, fairly early in, in terms of that. By the way, there was a parallel Texas case that was going up through the courts at about the same time as Dobbs, and everyone thought that the Texas case might be the one that would, was going to be heard but instead, the, the Mississippi case got chosen by the court. Okay, so, so is a, I guess that the state legislature, right? Okay, they, so they, they in, in Mississippi, they wrote a law saying 15 weeks. That's right. As it, that's exactly right. Okay, yeah. and so, so they regulated essentially regulated abortion from 15 weeks forward. Yeah. Okay, and so in, obviously in other parts of the country, I mean, there's people doing stuff crazy all the way up to near birth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this goes all the way up to the uh, the courts. Right. Now, I think that there's something I remember you telling me that was kind of interesting. So the 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 case was leaked. Okay, oh, yeah. but but what is interesting is that I think you said that the original the Roe versus Wade, Roe versus Wade was leaked as well. And kind of historical irony, I suppose. I guess, yeah. Uh, but but one of the j- clerks to Justice Powell um, leaked the Roe versus Wade decision to Time Magazine, thinking that Time Magazine, the issue would not come out until the until the opinion had already been published. Well, Time moved up their publishing deadline. Because they had that? Because they had that, published Roe versus Wade. So people were reading it on the newsstand before it was even released by the court. So anyway, interesting. That is kind of, you know, that's kind of an interesting <laughs> thing. happened, yeah. So tell us about uh, the Dobbs case and yeah. what happened. So, yeah, Dobbs was an appeal of a Mississippi case, uh, a Mississippi law, um, and, and in that instance, um, we have a whole new court, right? I mean, yeah. we've got a lot of Trump appointees, Kavanaugh, Coney Barrett, Roberts, you know. Uh, well, Roberts Gorsuch. is always a little bit. Of, he's usually, I, I mean, he's. He waffled on this one as well. Um, I like Chief Justice Roberts. I mean, I just have a lot of respect for him. But it was actually a five to four decision to overturn, overturn Roe versus Wade and, and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And who wrote the decision? It was Justice Alito. Justice Alito is a Roman Catholic that uh, was appointed by George W. Bush. As okay. a matter of fact, our, our, our guy, George W., appointed him. And uh, he wrote the majority opinion. And it was joined by those other, Justice Thomas as well, the others that I named Gorsuch, Thomas, Coney Barrett, um, and Kavanaugh. And so that was the, that was that decision. And then there was another opinion that was also written that Roberts joined in and said, uh, we don't have to overturn Roe versus Wade. We can make the decision and, and skirt that issue. Uh, but in any event, it was a majority decision and essentially said that um, there's no fundamental right of privacy. And 
and that was a big deal because this right of privacy has kind of blossomed into into all kinds of ramifications nowadays. But there's no fundamental right of privacy, and there's no fund- constitutional right to choose. And Alito and the court, in the, their wisdom, said it's a state legislature decision. This is this is not a decision that the court should be making, which I totally agree with, regardless of how you stand on abortion. Mm-hmm. That Roe versus Wade was judicial activism at its finest. Well, and yeah. honestly, it's not just the it's not just yeah. the case on, on on abortion. This is actually the fundamental core of our republic was right. the power of the states, and the federal government is to be minimized, and yet so. The, Regardless, so this I agree with that decision, right? Okay, right. but it should yeah. be that decision in so many other areas as well. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so you you said that. So I know for a fact, Coney Barrett, I'm Kavanaugh. They both are Catholic as well. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I believe so. yeah. okay, so you had a heavy Catholic, Roman Catholic, right. you know, majority. Right. Yeah, which I agree with. But they, but the thing is, they didn't make it about the religion. No, they didn't. And and what they were looking at is is um, they said that the states. States have a have an essential, a fundamental right to protect life, and and that's what we're talking about here. Justice Alito spoke throughout a lot of his opinion about the potentiality of life, and not even just the viability of the unborn baby, but mm. the potentiality of life. And it said that the states have an interest in protecting that. That's and he said it's up to the people to elect legislators, and legislators then to to enact laws uh, to determine at what point in time. There is potential for life. So that's kind of where we are. Okay. So, I mean, from a legal perspective, I mean, all that, that's interesting. The, this particular topic, you cannot, um, I mean, it's intertwined, right? right, You're, right. So between legal and, and, and biblical, and biblical yeah. because, you know, every, where, depending on your worldview is going to depend on your view of, of abortion, right? Which, interestingly enough, okay, I, I told you that I was kind of a late bloomer in regards to even knowing what abortion was. Uh-huh. But as I've been studying the early church, one of the things that was a, a major issue. So the Neronian times, Nero, it, it, abortion was uh, central, and the early church, the very young early church, was dealing with the topic of specifically abortion. That's exactly right. I, yeah. I mean, and they, and, and specifically, they were beginning to write letters and uh, to to the churches in these different you know Roman provinces, right. saying, "Listen," because they were taking, and I don't know what they what they would have taken. It was some kind of chemical. It was because they yeah. talk about it being drugs, chemical induced. Yeah, yeah. chemical yeah. induced. And so, I mean, yeah. it's interesting. I thought this was especially the chemical side of things was mm-hmm. a newer conversation and topic, but no, yeah. I mean, we actually have. You know, old, you know, apocryphal texts and in, in, in early church writings right. on this very topic. Yeah, well, in fact, we'll we can look when we start talking about the biblical uh, perspective of this. Even in Exodus, in old old covenant law, the the Lord spoke to the fact that an unborn child has a protected right, and you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And, you know, it's in Exodus twenty one, and it deals with unborn children. Well. So we're going to set a record here on the podcast, okay? <laughs> and that is for the number of scriptures we're going to use oh, in okay. one episode. <laughs> okay, good. Um, right. So I know I'd that, rather you read the scripture than listen to me. So that's that'd be well. Okay. No, I, I I want the, I want you to kind of tell us, but I, I don't want to get ahead of anything. But right. I, I'm using these notes here because there's so many scriptures yeah. that when I go and bring, I want to bring them up. So. Where do you want to start when you begin talking about the things of... Yeah, well, I appreciate that question because the interesting part from the legal perspective in my mind was that the United States Supreme Court and the individual justices, I mean, each one of them are looking at it and trying to make a determination. 
they're they're um, struggling, wrestling with the idea of when does life begin, because they agree that essentially the state has a right to protect life. Mm, the question yep. is, at what point in time? And so they're looking at it judicially. I mean, I'm sure uh, Justice Alito looked at it from his religious perspective as well. And we are we're ways. all going to look at the world yeah. through our yeah, lens. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, but but so legally they could say, okay, well at the point of viability, it's it's this, it's this point in time, and that's what. Roe versus Wade said, and even Dobbs. Um, but but the Bible has a totally different perspective about it. It absolutely does. Um, and and it, it writes, I mean, there's, like I say, a record number of scriptures. We're, we're going to see a lot, of, a lot of instances when the Lord spoke to the fact that we're, we were on his mind. We were already being considered by him even before we were in our mother's womb, but certainly when we were in our mother's womb as well. Well, I think so. One of the things that I want to make sure that we, we, we do, I'm going to be, we're going to bring up at least 11 scriptures, but here's the thing is there's a lot more. Yeah. Oh, there and are. so yeah. I would highly encourage you to, yeah. to do your own research in regards to what God says about life. But beginning with, with what we're going to do here this evening, t- tell me what, what, what did you like to begin? Let's go with the old covenant. I mean, the old Testament, that's kind of where we begin in Exodus. If you got, if you got that scripture, Exodus 21. I do. I'm, I'm actually. Got, I've got some. I've got some notes here, so you may have to bear with me here okay. because, yeah. So we got it right here. All right. Perfect. There you go. So Exodus twenty-one, twenty-two through twenty-five says this, and this is of course God giving the Old Testament law to Moses, and then Moses delivering it to the people. Right. So right. The lawgiver. Right. And so he says that it says when men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm. The one who hit her shall surely be fined, as the woman's husband shall impose on him. He shall pay as the judges determined. And this is the crucial matters, yeah. But if there is harm to that unborn baby, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So even the Old Testament law regarded the unborn child as worthy of protection. So, you know, whenever I have read that scripture before, to be honest with you, until we came here and we read it in that context, I don't think I ever directly put it with abortion. Yeah. Well. But but it, it is. Yeah. It's going to the protection. It, it is going, speaking to, you know, a life for a life. And if you go for it, if you hit somebody and it harms right. the child. Right. So, yeah. So, again, you're going back. I mean, so, <laughs> the, the you know, the Pentateuch, you know, the Torah – you know, the first, those first five, you know, chapters there, they're going to be talking about a lot of the law. Right. Okay. So I think it's important. We talk about that. Yeah. And that's where our law comes from. The Mosaic law with the, the Genesis, the, the, the foundation of our laws as well. So it only makes sense that our laws would also reflect the fact that that unborn child is worthy of protection. And that's, that's okay. So that's a great, that's a great place to start. Yep. There's a lot to go through, so wh- where, where would you go next? Okay, so well, if you're starting an exodus, then where do you go next? Well, then we can make it more personal, right? If we're talking about uh, the, the law and the, the old covenant, then, then certainly, you know, that has a uniform application. But, but there are a number of other instances when the Lord makes references, when the Word makes references to particular individuals and the Lord knowing them in their mother's womb. First one is, would be in the Psalms of David, right? Psalm 139. Which I have this right. Okay, there you Here. go, Psalm 139. This is a Psalm of David. I won't read the whole thing, um, but verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. 
You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully and made. That's a good, and, and that's goes straight. That's generally one of the first things that, that when I'm having a conversation about this, I go to. That's exactly right. And then it says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Man, that's good. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, so that speaks yeah. to, I mean, this is, the, yeah. I mean, that speaks to this is before you even saw my, your eyes saw my unformed substance in the depths of the earth. I mean, right. uh, we're talking about maybe even preconception. That's what I think that is referencing is even before the mother's womb, our days, the Lord already knew and numbered our days. He had them laid out for us. Our destiny, I believe, our God-given destiny, but it had already been planned out for the, by the Lord. And we were on his mind, you know, if you will, in his om, omnipotence and omniscience. We were on his mind, even certainly at the time of our mother's womb, but maybe even before that. Well, there's other scripture, actually, that we're going to get to that speaks specifically to that point, in my opinion. Right. Because uh, it says, you know, before... I was in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I, I think that there's absolutely, God knew us before. He, he knew, he, before we were ever even a substance, just yeah. like I said, he already knew and had plans for our life. Right, right. And, you know, I think the interesting part of that, I was talking to my wife, Cindy, about this just the other day. You know, I think that has something to do with God not being constrained by time. Yes. And so he's able to see, you know, the whole perspective of time, even back at the beginning of it. And so, you know, my days are, are not a surprise to him. I mean, he, he's, he's seen my entire life. He's seen, you know, where I go after this because he's not constrained by time. Which is That's a really good word. Concept. Well, yeah. it is an interesting concept. Yeah. And actually, some of those books I've mentioned recently speak yeah. to the very point when the, the time in heaven feels completely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go through your entire life in moments. Uh, and it's not even necessarily in order. Right. Uh, right. So God, like you said, he's not yeah. constrained by that. But he does know us in our mother's womb. He and does know us in our mother's womb. That's the essence of that. So. Okay. So it's all right. So. Yeah. Well, and then, so then we can look at some other specific individuals. The call of Jeremiah is an example. This is in Jeremiah 1, 4, and 5. And, and it says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, again, before, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So that says before you were born. Right. I consecrated you. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting about this scripture, so, I mean, for a little, um, how about current events? So today, ironically, um, Jim Harbaugh, if you're not familiar with who he is, he's a, uh, he was, you know, a, a football coach. Well, he was a football yeah. coach, but he also was a, a, what do you call it? He won the football coach of the year or whatever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, he's actually now the coach of uh, Michigan. Uh-huh. Anyway, he will not back down. I mean, the Twitter mob is on him, but he won't back down. He uh, is a Catholic, oh, uh-huh. and he recently spoke at a pro-life event, and he used this very scripture. Really? Yeah. This is the scripture that he used, huh. and they are attacking him. And I don't even really—it's it's, just—it's it's mostly just a bunch of hate stuff, but he never right. said anything. He said, I'm not going to back down. This is what I believe in life. How can you argue—how can you say that I'm a hateful person— that because I want to protect life, right. and and they said, well, you know, you're to force a, a woman. Well, let him say woman anymore. Yeah. But to force a birthing person, a birth, you know? birthing parent, I what? believe is the word. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Stupid is what yeah. it is. Birthing but, person. That's probably right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you know, to to have a child is 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 evil, and I'm like, you know, it just it, so I again. 
not yeah. to get off topic, but it talks about in the latter days, they'll say that which is good is evil and that which is evil is good. I right. think that's where all that, you know, gets kind of inter- yeah. intermixed. But yeah. Jim Harbaugh, we have people, though, that are good. standing up for the faith yeah. and for life. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting current event that to happen today. Yeah, that's good. You know, and there's other instances, Isaiah um, 49.1. I don't know if you have that one up or not, but yeah, there you go. It says, listen, O isles unto me and hearken ye people from far. The Lord hath called me from the womb. From the bowels of my mother hath he made mention of my name. Hmm. And so there's other scriptures, but, you know, an interesting uh, passage is whenever it's talking about Jacob and Esau. The I, I saw this. I, I like in, this. In Rebecca's womb. Yes. Right? And so and so she says to the Lord, what, what's going on here? This is Genesis 25, 21 through 23. Lord, she basically says, Lord, if you're the one that give, gave me the, these children you know what's going on in there yeah and, and the lord tells to her <laughs> lord said two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided the one shall be stronger than the other the older shall serve the younger and of course that becomes jacob and esau the jewish descendants of jacob the arabic yep. descendants of esau i mean so even from that point in time in rebecca's womb the lord already saw how they're how these two Babies, these two young men were going to play out the life. That's that, no, history. I thought when you yeah. I, when I saw that on there, I yeah. thought that's that's a really good one. Yeah, that's that's pretty, a good one. Pretty interesting. It is interesting. And then it's not just the Old Testament, by the way. In the New Testament, John the Baptist, um, you know, the the angel of the Lord spoke to uh, spoke to actually John's dad and said uh, about John the Baptist. This is Luke one fifteen. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He never, he's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. In Luke 1, 41, it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby John leapt, leapt. in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's interesting. You know, on, on a couple of things, you know, it says, you know, fermented drink. I guess he couldn't have kombucha, you know, in this world. I don't I recently was introduced to kombucha. I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. Um, but so, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the scripture, he was filled with Holy Spirit in the womb. Right, right. And so we have we have a story about that, if I can share. Absolutely. Story. So so Cindy read that that verse. Um and, and we were, uh, uh, she was pregnant with Teresa at the time, our, our third child yeah. uh, and our only girl. And, and she just prayed. She said, Lord, I want Teresa to be filled with, with the Holy Spirit in my womb. And so, you know, didn't really feel anything. Just thought, okay, I prayed that, you know. By the way, her dad, her, her name means uh, reaper whose father rejoices. That's what <laughs> Teresa Abigail means. And so anyway, Cindy was at a, at a Christian conference, a charismatic conference, and she was just praising the Lord, and just the presence of the Lord was really strong. And the Lord brought that prayer and that scripture to her remembrance and said, I'm going to do that. And then all of a sudden, she felt in, in her womb, you know, this kind of a quickening and kind of felt the baby. You That's know, incredible. Kind of do, a little, do a little dance in there, I guess. Yeah. A little charismatic. Anyway, <laughs> she was raising her hands. She was raising her hands. Yeah. So anyway, and and we believe, and to this day, we still affirm that Teresa was filled with the Holy Spirit. In, in well, womb. So I want to tell a story while we're on the topic about okay. Cindy. Okay. So if y'all are if, if in our church, if you've not yet met um, Cindy Rowley, she, I mean, is just salt of the earth. Love your wife. Yeah. Y'all have both been very influential in my life. But what, what Cindy is very gifted at is teaching on the things of the Spirit. That's exactly right, yeah. Uh, in fact, she has influenced us so we've had a lot of people come to us over the years um 
you know, sometimes very stealthily, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, tell me about this Holy Spirit yeah. stuff, you <laughs> know. I'm like, well, it's not that scary. You don't have to, it's right here in the Bible. I mean, <laughs> you know, but everybody gets, so certain denominations and things get kind of upside down about it. Yeah. But anyway, Cindy wrote a book. She did. Uh-huh. And uh, in that book, is has been invaluable in fact i need to get some more from her okay yeah, um but it's one of those books that i i just i'm like i tell you what we're going to talk about this right. but before i say a whole lot of words read this yeah you know the promise of the father the That's promise the of the fa- yeah, yeah the promise of the father yeah. and it's it's an incredible book um if you have questions about the things of the spirit right i would encourage you to to do that very thing um you know at church you ask about you know come up to me or marty or cindy mm-hmm. and um i guarantee you that cindy be more than happy to oh yeah she'll, she'll be happy to share that to share you. that with you That's her anyway yeah. yeah so that makes sense she's always been pursuing the spirit and and to take take off from that a little bit so you know we, we've talked about jeremiah we've talked about isaiah we could read a scripture well john the baptist there's another one about paul uh being called from from his mother's womb and you might say, oh, yeah, David, those are all, you know, famous people in the Bible. Well, the Lord has a calling for each one of us. Yes. And, and that calling, according to these scriptures, has been laid out. And whether we are able to, to walk in the fullness of everything that the Lord has called us to do, mm. that's a, a, a product of day-to-day choices. And, that's a good you know, word. Yeah. And, and really so a lot of times you, you may say, well, you know, I, I don't have a destiny. I don't have a calling like that. But you do have you, a particular unique calling you do. that the Lord has placed upon you. And it may not and be I wanna, the same as Isaiah, Jeremiah, and, may not be, and others, but, but it is as essential to the kingdom of God uh, as, as they were. So. And I would actually encourage, I feel like also there's maybe somebody listening who feels like, Maybe you knew what that calling was, um, and you kind of got off in the weeds. And sometimes I joke, say you've yeah. been out smoking weed, whatever. But I mean, it's—I <laughs> mean, it happens to everybody. And, yeah. and and no matter, and I've actually talked to people who were in their, you know, sixties, even in their seventies, they felt like, well, I just—I missed my entire calling. It's yeah. never too late. No. It is absolutely never too late to get back on that road. There's a, there's a scripture that backs that up. It says, "The gifts of God are without repentance." Mm, that's in good. other words, the Lord gives, gives. you even, with even. all that, all that, and He doesn't repent about it. He doesn't change His mind. Oh, you're, you know, it, it, that it's that given to you. Period. That's exactly right. And so, and it, it's a, it's a journey. Obviously, we make decisions every day, uh, but there's no question that the Lord um, has had us on His mind, in His eye, mm-hmm. from the time even before we were, we were in our mother's womb. Certainly at that point in time, before we were born. You know, I think yeah. that. There, there is, uh, you know, some other stuff that you referenced in regards to, you know, early historians, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, it's interesting. I mean, this is this topic has been in the forefront of the church for forever. It has uh-huh. uh, for forever, and I think that just as a Christian, I remember the very first time in in somebody ever asked me, "Well, when do you believe life begins?" And it's before I ever even heard somebody say what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought about it for a moment and I said, well, it, I know that it has to begin at the, it could say at conception. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was not a deep, you know, mm-hmm. the, I didn't have a whole lot of script. I just, somebody just asked me and I thought about it and it, I was pretty much, I was pretty much a full blown idiot at that point. <laughs> sure. And I thought to myself, yeah. well, you know, you know, the conception. Right. Okay. So, right. but then as I became, you know, a Christian and came into my faith and began to really understand well, how valuable and precious and beautiful life is, then yeah. my lens began to change. 
And over the years, and even now, I mean, I made a reference to this when I was preaching last weekend about people screaming and yelling at you, telling, calling you an idiot, mm -hmm. okay, which I think they're talking to me, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're not winning me to their cause. Yeah. And it makes me angry on this inside, and the flesh wants to react and from a flesh perspective. But right. I think on this topic, it's real important as Christians, and, and we, we hit on this, right. that we love you, you only love people into the kingdom. Right. Oh, that's exactly right. You know, and, and what we have to offer them is life. That's I mean, exactly right. God is the source of life. Of all life. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have, have it to the full. Abundant. Yeah. yeah, to the full. And so uh, that's, that's what it is encapsulated inside of us that people should see expressed mm -hmm. is life. And so it's only natural that we want to protect life. Right, and we're talking about the topic of abortion, we want to protect life to cherish it because the life giver, God, is in us. Yeah, and and I think that on this topic, if you go down the wrong rabbit trail, you're going to lose the argument. The, it's not about arguing with anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, all you did, you did a phenomenal job on this, by the way, oh, laying out the facts. Um, but I think that this is not a topic going away. No. Well, it won't. It won't. Oh, no. I mean, no. it's not going away. Yeah. So when we're having conversations with family, because I've actually recently had people come into my circle that they talked about doing some of the um, just the insane stuff about having. OK, so like in New Jersey mm -hmm. uh, and some other places about actually post-birth abortions up to oh. 23. Have you seen some of this? Oh, I have. Yeah. OK. Yeah. All right. And, and I had one particular person that it blew my mind. So, well, I kind of agree with that. And I'm like, and so my I, I didn't react i was like right. okay well tell me why you feel that way yeah so the conversation though is you know if if you if, first of all paul when he encountered jesus what happened you know he couldn't he was blinded and everything else right. three days he's on straight street i always think that's interesting god scared him straight, <laughs> straight, straight you know yeah. Yeah. and uh and ananias comes praying but it says that something fell scales fell from his eyes right i believe what it was a physical manifestation but also a spiritual one yeah Yep. And, and he immediately got up and he started, he, he didn't know what he was doing, but he still, she went to the synagogue, starts preaching, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, fulfilling his calling. Fulfilling, yeah, yeah. fulfilling his calling. Yeah. So what it really comes down to is that to pray and to love people into the scales coming from their eyes. That's exactly right. And, and, and that's, that's the approach that I agree that, that we take. And I think the, um, the methodology, if you will, the, the, you know, substance of our, of our uh, conversation is God is the author of life and that is life. Mm, it mean, is, you know, talk viability, whatever, but that is life that exists in that mother's womb. And, and it's up to us to guard it, to protect it, to safeguard it, and to, to do all we can to see that it reaches its full potential, not just in the womb, but throughout life. Well, I think it's an incredible word. Yeah. You know, well, again, I'm already, I really appreciate you putting this together, sharing this uh, with us. Glad you know, you're incredibly articulate, well, you know, thank you. and I, I love how you love the Lord and then taking a trade uh, that you've been doing pretty much your whole life, you yeah. know, and applying it on top of it. It helps people like me understand the conflict better. Well, thanks. That's very kind. I appreciate it. So, that. well, listen, thank you guys for joining us. Um, and again, you know, Marty is just great. You need to make sure if you haven't heard uh, a previous episode about just is the Bible true? Um, he had a lot of just really neat talking points. I'd highly encourage you to go back and to listen to that one. First of all, though, just thank you for joining us for another episode and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church of Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church of Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. 
We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.